The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. I want to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleiner Hour, The Power of Water, Environmental Changing, and Your Health. As you know, water is the life of Earth. It's, it's everything there is to do with your life. You're 80 to 90% water. The nature of our environment flows on cycles like the planet changes on cycles. And there's been a lot of controversy about global warming, but I think a lot of our scientists that we've had as guests and people from around the world have said that global warming is is happening some areas of the globe but not everywhere and earth has a cycle like our lives as human life has a cycle did you know that 1.1 billion people in the world are, do not have access to safe water that is one sixth of the world's population that is serious and knowing you're 80 to 90 percent water and earth has to exist in water 2.6 billion people in the world do not have access to adequate sanitation. That is serious because that spreads global diseases. 1.8 million children die every year. That's 5,000 children a day because of lack of water and sanitation. Water in the world, 97.5% of the Earth's water is salt water. If, the, if you would take all the water and put it into a bucket, only one fresh water, only one teaspoon would be drinkable. That is serious, and that's why I have this show. I am the founder of Biologic Aqua Research Center, and through the years, people have said, Sharon, don't you think you're ahead of your time? For many, many years of being prepared of life on Earth is the water. The moment you were born, you entered in the air you breathe from water, and you began to live in dry air, drier and drier every day. Your eyelid opened, your eyes are exposed to dry air and your skin. Let's think about what is better for you to live healthy, happy, and more proactive to learn that if you're 80 to 90% water, you must learn to live in the air you breathe, and you take personal responsibility to be healthy. The earth we live in and share must have clean, fresh water available for all, everyone, for everyone. That's the crusadic thread of the show. My show each week worldwide is our classroom, our research laboratory to analyze. What can we do as individuals from our very special guests? What can we learn from our guests? From soon all over the world, our guests can teach us what they're learning because those guests are specially coming on to talk and share with you. I'm going to remind you that the swine flu is uh, predicted to be very serious in the fall, and there will be vaccine available in the late fall. So be watching and learning uh, in your classroom every week, but we will learn to help you on some of the um, uh, some of these symptoms. Now, we did learn from Washington, D.C. recently with the head of influenza predictions there that that swine flu doesn't have any particular symptoms, but you, but you need to know, your doctor will know. If it go, your temperature goes very high, 
you're aching all over, you believe that you have a nausea, do not hesitate to t- call the doctor, give them the symptoms, and find out what you must do because you may have the swine flu. And as you know, 36,000 people die a year with just regular flu. Be concerned about your bedding. Change your bedding every week. Uh, make sure that you're not sharing glasses with anyone. Make sure that when you're around toddlers and are aging, our senior citizens, that you're, if you're sick, don't be around them because they are more susceptible. Learn that you must drink 8 to 10 cups of water a day because if you're 80% water, that'll detoxify you. Drinking more water does fight the flu. In fact, one of my guests here soon is the scientist who said that they announced Academy of Science recently, dry air causes flu. And you were even hearing recently, got dry air can cause cancer. So let's think about ourselves, where we're living, the amount of water you're drinking, and above all, too, besides drinking a ton of water, be sure to wash your hands several times a day that you will know that you're not being careless about somebody else's life on this earth to cause something that you don't want to be responsible. Be responsible. Today we have a lot of fun. We have here in Grants Pass, Oregon, where my show is coming from every week, I'm having Brady Adams on as a guest today. Brady is president of the Evergreen Community Bank, and uh, he's a very local uh, individual here that has a story about the environment. I believe that where you live is your number one environmental healthy condition, and the people around you in that environment help you have a better health, better stress level, enjoying our, our environment, the nature of our lives are the planet, and where you're living is your own particular planet. Our second guest is going to be Dave Sidden, Jr. I'm going to say Jr. because I knew his father from Grants Pass, and he's the Executive Director of Wildlife Images, the Rehabilitation and Education Center for our wildlife here in the valley and around. So this is going to be my one of my favorite subjects to you, the world, is concern yourself about your own environment inside the home, outside the home, and really take responsibility of being appreciative of those in your community that are giving you that special environment for you to have a better life, to live and be healthy. We're going to listen to our sponsor first, uh, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, the natural method of moisturizing your eyes without eye drops. We'll listen to Nature's Nature's Tears Eye Mist, and we'll be right back with Brady Adams. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to talk. Today, Brady Adams from Grants Pass, Oregon, who is president of the Evergreen Community Bank, is going to be teaching us about what he has learned about environmental conditions and a better, better healthy environment for your own communities. Brady, are you with us? I am, and I'm glad to be with you. Well, thank you for joining us. I 
the show each week, Brady, has been the first 40 minutes something to do with health and your life and your choices and your proactiveness. And, and the next 20 minutes is something to do with nature. And we've had from all over the United States uh, representatives to teach us. And it's like a classroom. So if I should interrupt, it's kind of wondering what you're thinking so the audience can understand. I wanted to have you on today because what you've done for the environment of healthy conditions and an outlook of uh, life here in, in southern Oregon has been very exciting uh, to watch. And before we begin with telling the world about what you have influenced and in your follow, uh, following of the community of Grants Pass, which you've offered them, that is every day on the streets and available to them to enjoy all ages. Uh, tell us a little bit about your background and the person you are that made, that made this possible that you wanted to pay, pay it forward uh, with other people to enjoy their lives around the community. Sure. Uh, I was uh, born in Oregon in a town that uh, doesn't uh, exist anymore called Vanport. It was uh, created during World War II as housing for Brady, the shipbuilding. Brady, I'm going to interrupt you. My brother was born there. Oh, you're kidding Ron me. Cowan, he's <laughs> since passed recently, but, uh, but Ron, uh, yeah, he always had felt funny filling out something that had no city anymore. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's amazing. And there, uh, you, weren't it, you a Marine? No, no. Oh. Uh, yeah, because he was a Marine. Oh, he was a Marine, oh. Yeah, yeah it, it's kind of a funny thing because when you go home, uh, it's actually now <laughs> a, uh, the Expo Center up in Portland. This is the main area where it's at, but in uh-huh. uh, and Vanport was, uh, uh, again, built to provide housing for the uh, people who were working in the shipyards building the livery ships. Mm-hmm. And in 1949, there was a flood that came in and, and wiped the city completely out. But my background uh, starts from those types of roots. My mother was a, uh, worked in, as a, uh, in the kitchen in the shipyards. My father also was a cook there. Uh-huh. But uh, as we grew up, I grew up in an environment with, uh, with, where we had significant economic challenges. Uh, my father had a problem with alcohol. Uh, my mother was a waitress, and, and there four, uh, I have three other brothers. And it was kind of tough raising uh, kids with uh, no uh, father there to be able to help and, and just trying to live off the, the wages of running a restaurant. Mm-hmm. What that meant to me was it, it meant to me that I understood that people have circumstances where they need help. Mm-hmm. And at, at times in life, everybody can find themselves in that situation. In other words, you know, let's say here, right here, Brady, don't judge harshly to anyone. No, but also remember that what you want to do is give them help to, to become independent exactly. but not exactly. dependent. Exactly, exactly. And so what I've always felt oh, is a strong oh. sense of commitment to community and the fact of giving back to the uh, community. Yeah. And uh, so that's influenced my life in, in uh, probably the most significant way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been on over 20 local nonprofit boards. Uh, I actually served in the legislature uh, a state legislature as a state senator and also as a majority leader and then a president of the Senate. But that involvement, for example, in the legislature wasn't out of a love of politics or, or desire for, uh, for power from that standpoint. It was a way of giving back to the community. And so my life has been uh, devoted to that as a major part of who I am. And mm-hmm. in this particular community, it's it Grants Pass. It's such a wonderful community that you're able to do that with with the help of so many people when you give them mm-hmm. the opportunity to be able to participate. Now, I need the world to let here. I'm going to create a little image here to the world, our audience. <clears throat> Grants Pass, Oregon, is southern, uh, is uh, 30 minutes north of of Mefford, which is about 50 minutes uh, north of of California border. 
It has the famous Rogue River going right through it, right in the middle where famous people forever have come here to enjoy their lives because it's snuggled in the mountains. So beautiful. And uh, the people that have lived here forever, including the world to here, is our uh, lumber industry was very concerning about our valley, and they contributed very heavy uh, to uh, the betterness of uh, improvements of our valley here. And then we had originally gold mining here, originally before the lumber industry. And now Brady is the president of a very successful, it's called the Evergreen Community Bank, and they're constantly giving back and Brady, begin to tell us what your idea, what has been going on here in Grants Pass, Oregon, a little tiny place, but absolutely the most gorgeous place to look at and to be, for health reasons, by the way, because I've studied the health of the environment here. But what have you done to, to provide our people every day to walk down the streets and be part of something that is, I would say, nature? You want to explain it to us? Sure, you bet. And I want to uh, emphasize again on what a wonderful place it is that we live. In fact, what I, I call our town is the best river town in America because the Rogue River is just such a unique and, the and beautiful uh, river. wild, beautiful river. And it in runs fact, right Laura Bush just went down, our she former did, first yeah. lady, uh, just went down a week ago. And, and so, she went down uh, with her lady friends. She didn't, have, <laughs> she didn't bring the former president. She no. went down with three other women. Yeah. Well, and, and again, if you live in the best river town in America, it, it, when you talk about water and its influence, it influences you in so many different ways, including the, the way of, of having a sense of belonging to a community where you have a common asset that is so phenomenal as the river uh, that it just makes this place a special place. What we've done at the bank is we're, we're actually a mutual bank, which means that we're not owned by a separate set of ind independent stockholders, but we're actually owned by our own account holders. And what that means is that we're profit-oriented but not profit-driven and that we do have a commitment equal to our, our necessity of generating a profit to give back to the community. Now, and you know, this is, since, uh, before, this is important to hear. Because we've all been hearing about what's going on uh, since last year to the banks that have been supporting our communities from the beginning of the first invention of a bank and a checkbook and a savings. Your particular bank is owned by your depositors? Correct. Okay. So I don't have an independent set of stockholders that are current or concerned about the next quarter's profits or uh, how how valuable their stock is because there literally is no stock. You now, has your bank always bank. been run that way, Brady? Mm -hmm. Ever since 1934, when we were first chartered, which is, uh, really? we're up to our 75th year this year. Now, who was the founder of the bank? The founder was actually the community itself. It, was, it occurred during the uh, stages of the depression. Uh -huh. There were uh, many banks that had closed in small communities, and the federal government offered an initial grant that if you would raise money locally, they would match that grant, but only oh. under the conditions that it, that it not become a stock bank but a, a mutual bank. A local bank. A local bank. And so we've ha there's only two of us left in Oregon that, that uh, uh, have that particular charter, so we are unique in that way. Uh -huh. and what it does mean is that, that uh, as part of our mission statement is the, the financial objectives of being a healthy bank, which we are by any standard you want to measure. We, uh, I made a very strong statement when we first started uh, this uh, economic problem. We would not take any bailout money. We didn't need any bailout money. Uh, that uh, This bank is uh, healthy enough to take care of itself. Mm -hmm. But it also meant that we do have an obligation uh, that goes way back to the original starting of the bank to help the community be stronger, because if we have a stronger community, then the bank is also stronger. And what I've thought about it in the, in the context is, 
what, what is a community? A community is people who have a common interest or some common shared experiences. But what a healthy community is, is one where they have a shared positive experience. And whether that experience is the Rogue River or whether it's one of the events that we put on, uh, that is what helps build strong and, you know, Brady, I have a thing about children. Um, you know, the world has been hearing this on my show, if they're good listeners. I think there's nothing more wonderful than the child. And children are perfect to me, Brady. There's n they're perfect. And the, and the relationship you build in your community for our children is so important. Absolutely. And in fact, what we do when we look at what we try to do is we try to create uh, public events and uh, mm -hmm. through the use of art and with the, all the many talented people we have in this community mm -hmm. that have art. And it has to meet this criteria. It has to be uh, available for young and old, whether you're five years old or 50 years old. Mm -hmm. It has to be available for people who are the richest in town and the poorest in town. And it has to be available whether you've lived here all of your life or you're just a newcomer. Mm -hmm. And the way we do that is primarily through major art projects. Uh, I can give you a couple examples, uh, including one that we're doing right now. This is Oregon's 150th anniversary. Right. And, I mentioned uh, that. as a result of that, I wanted to do something to celebrate that that would meet that criteria. Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, in another project that we were involved with, uh, there we, which I'll, I'll talk to you in just a few seconds, but uh, I had a bunch of doors from an old from the motel that I had torn down to make a new park for the for the community. So and the I door the doors out of that. Uh, and now it was called the Riverside Motel Riverside Hotel. Motel. It was Best Western way back in time, and it was almost like a landmark at one time. Absolutely. So you decided to take those doors that were opening the door to some of the most famous and all people of all over the world that would come there, movie companies and every walk of life. You took those doors and you made them into a symbol of history. I did. I call it the Doors of Oregon. Okay. And what I did is I gave the, we had uh, 33 doors because Oregon was the 33rd state that was admitted into the Union. Okay. And we gave those doors to artists and they, they were given the... Uh, the opportunity to create art on, on both sides of the door. Uh -huh. And then we took those doors with the art that they created and, and we put them out on the sidewalks for display during the summertime for both local people and tourists to see. Now I need to help our audience around the world to image this. Let's you live in a community yourselves, audience. And when you're walking down your street or driving, uh, what's on the corners of your street is what your eyes are uh, you're feeling, that that's your community. That's where you live. That's you're, that's something that you believe that is part of you. And what Brady Adams has just said is he took this landmark of old hotel, motel, that was one of the original Best Western motels, by the way, in the whole United States. And I happen to know, be friends with the founders of Best Western. This was one of the original Best Westerns, but he took, when they tore it down, the doors to add a history, a symbol. And those doors are standing with beautiful artwork on both sides, on street corners all over the community for our children and our, our, all of our residents, but also guests that come to the community to see this is our community. We can be proud. This is who we are. Uh, but, Brady, you've done the bears. Mention the bears. Were the bears sure. one of the first things you did? Yeah, one of the first major art projects we did is we took uh, and made uh, uh, more larger than life-size uh, they were bears. larger than life size. They yeah, were, nice they were uh, uh, pretty darn big. I think the last set that we did were about uh, seven feet tall. And now, what were they made out of? Because they were made they, out of fiberglass. Fiberglass. And, uh, they came in uh, different uh, types. There was a standing bear, a sitting bear, a walking bear, and then they came with baby bears. 
Uh-huh. So there were a total of uh, 60 bears that would be on the street. Uh, and, and, then, and in the same situation, we gave those to the artists. And, but we didn't uh, tell them what to do. We asked them to bring their experience, their, their creativity, their, their love of the community, and, and express that through the bears. And it was phenomenal. I mean, the, the, again, imagine you're walking down 6th Street, which is one of the main streets in town. As you're walking down 6th Street, you'll see a bear that uh, might be dressed with a, or might be holding a, a fish like a bear would naturally do. And you had one playing a violin. You might see one playing a violin. You might see a, a, a Carmen Baranda. Where it oh, had one doing old... artwork at an easel. Yeah. It was just amazing, the, the creativity that came as a result of that. In fact, what happened was the community wasn't just observing the art, they were loving the art. And again, yeah. if you're five years old, you can find a, a, a bear that you love. If you're 50 years old, you can find a well, bear. Well, did you, you notice, Brady, and the audience listened to this, We, I would be driving through town, and I would see families standing in front of one of these bears or some of this artwork he's talking about, taking pictures of the family for Christmas cards and to send to other uh, families, uh, family and friends of theirs. Uh, and putting them on the net now to let the world know this is what uh, this is pictures of them, but they take them down to the street corner of the community they live in. And you know that's what that's a, uh, another method of of improving health of a community and health of the individuals in the community. Because what happened was those individuals that that, that live in our community not only had the bears, but they had that common experience with other people. Now and we're going to take a minute, Brady, with our sponsor, and we'll be right back with you. And uh, we'll discuss that health of the community and what you have done and uh, what we other communities around the world could be learning from this show. Uh, we're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, the natural method of moisturizing your eyes without eye drops. We'll listen to our sponsor, and we'll be right back with Brady Adams. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Brady, are you there? Yes, I am. Um, you know, when we were talking earlier about the communities and health and children and the environment of our guests coming and going in our communities of the world when people come and their own personal experiences, uh, you've done so many things, and when you created the bears, and you create, and at Christmas time, you come back out on the streets again with more on the street corners at Christmas. Yeah, Christmas, uh, we have what we call the magical musical Christmas murals, which are just an incredible sight. Uh, they're panels uh, that are about uh, uh, ten feet tall, about eight feet wide. Uh, they consist of uh, between ten to fifteen thousand fiber optic lights. And they capture a, uh, a Christmas carol or a Christmas song like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Mm-hmm. And you'll see this beautiful, fantastic light display that is just like jewels when you look at them at night. And they're all wired with sound. 
and uh, the music's from the 30s, 40s, and 50s. And again, that's a shared experience. When you walk down the street, you'll be looking at it, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, Here Comes Santa Claus. You have both the sound and the sight. And, and I can remember the first time my grandson was three years old and, and he saw those. Uh, he was so fascinated. And his fascination was the sparkle of each of those individual lights as it caught his eye. Now, you've been and, using local artists to assist you. Absolutely. So you went out into your community again and used your local people to assist you. Did, uh, I don't remember, if, and correct me, you, you didn't go off and say, oh, I don't want to use anybody else local. I want to go out of the area and find somebody of name and bring them in. You've been using all these people that live here that are very famous people um, that have lived, live here in the area uh, to be the local artist. Absolutely. Uh, the artists uh, that we use on Bearfest, or whether it's Imagination Village or the Magical Musical uh, Christmas Rules, which are actually manufactured here in Grants Pass, mm-hmm. all comes out of this community, which has an incredible amount of talent. Mm-hmm. And uh, people like Bob Edding, uh, who has been involved with uh, the, the bears from the original Bearfest through uh, dog houses uh, to Imagination Village, to the new river project that we did uh, are, are an example of uh, what type of talent we have in this community. And again, what that does is it gives people through art that common experience. You know what? What I what I, I was thinking about this from from uh, when I from a business standpoint is what we are what, what our dependence on for our economic survivability is tourism and people coming here to retire. And I was thinking about what, what, how, what is that phenomenon? Well, the phenomenon is that they're literally the largest group of people that the history has ever seen in the form of the baby boomers, boomers getting to the retirement age. And they're thinking about where they want to retire. And they're the most mobile and as a group, the, 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 the richest. But you know what? They live, in a, they live in a place right now, but there's something missing. They're not getting that human connection. They're not getting that, that, that mental health that they need to have to be able to relate to other people. And what they were looking, what they're looking for when they come up here, is not only the scenic beauty, but the ability to be not a not to live in a place, but to be a part of a community. Well, now I would tell the audience he's right about mental health. I, you know, uh, Brady, our mental health is everything to do with the rest of our health. Right. And you need to attach to the uh, where you live, the environmental condition, and the. And look at the trees. Give it, don't ever be embarrassed to kiss the tree. Uh, don't be embarrassed to say, oh, I love the fragrance of this fresh air. Um, and join in. Don't just, and, and the other thing, Brady, I want to mention to the world, always be grateful and appreciative to those who are doing it to help you with this. Sometimes we as people can find the time or have the ability to jump in because we're so busy or don't want to, but we, do, we should say thank you to those that are doing it because this makes the life of your community. This is your life of where you go. It's Brady, I remember way back in time when I noticed that our community was putting up awnings and little chairs to eat outside the, of, the, of the restaurant and making things fun to walk down the streets. Oh, we have what's called the first Friday night. Oh, yeah. On the first Friday night, and our, this community and communities hopefully around the world would think about this. Have a first Friday night where your community can come out on the streets and enjoy sidewalk cafes, sidewalk shopping, music. What makes the music go around? And uh, there's a song out there that is absolutely Brady. It says, um, you can, uh, are we human? Are we dancers? Sign is our vital. In other words, our, our, our vital signs. My hands are cold. Are my knees looking for an answer? That song and, and this, the music and 
and the, and what's going on with people saying, hi, how are you? I haven't seen you for so long. And, and they say, well, come out to First Friday more commonly and you'll see artwork on the streets and more. You've even had where they decorated some of the side streets with some of the most beautiful art I ever saw in the street in my life. Yeah, you know, and, and it is a community that when you do walk down the street, you find somebody that you know. And if you don't find somebody you know, you find something you have an interest with them when you're looking at the doors of the bears or, right. or any of the projects. And that, that is really uh, uh, the definition of Grants Pass. It's a community that cares about the community and that cares about one another. Now let's uh, let tell us you, about your project now. Oh, yeah. you, you tore down the uh, old uh, established uh, hotel, restaurant, motel, uh, the best restaurant we talked about earlier, and you took this piece of property right on the banks of the Rogue River with the city, uh, the park across the street, I mean, pardon me, across the river, and you made it into, and this is one of the reasons I wanted the world to hear, you took this, what could have been uh, another big, huge motel, hotel, stories high, make it a huge money maker for the world to come. But you, what you did is you took and made a lodge appearance, and you made landscaping of nature and, and wildlife images and more. And tell us why you decided to do it that way than going after the almighty dollar bill where you would have had three, four stories high. Of a, uh, instead, you made it into the most beautiful artistic image for a, a community and people to live. Well, thank you for your kind words on that, too. Uh, and we did, I did that uh, with the idea that we do live in the best river town in America, and what we ought to do is make that river as available to people as we possibly can. And when we develop on the river, to develop in a, in a context that, that is compatible with that. So what happened was I went to Bob Edding, who's one of our major artists, and I said to Bob, draw me a picture of what the best Northwest Fishing Lodge would look like if you live in the best river town in America, okay. which he d then drew a beautiful picture of a multi-story log uh, structure uh, with a, a metal roof that had that real capture of the Northwest. And then we decided beyond just building the building, we would also create a park we call Evergreen Park that has, like, for example, a 31-foot uh, tall, 600-gallon-a-minute uh, waterfall that's landscaped with paths all through it. That's, you can sit in on a bench and look at the river. You can walk and look at the waterfall. And you added that, art, artwork. You added a beautiful right. nature. Uh, the huge, how big is the elk that is standing uh, there? And it's, it's, it's an antlers. elk that has uh, uh, 11 feet tall antlers or 5 feet on each side. Just, uh, it's just a, a ma Is it made out of, of copper? No, uh, bronze. All bronze, I mean. Okay, bronze. out of bronze. I didn't mean to say copper. And made out of bronze audience. This is a magnificent symbol to the mountains of this valley and region of Oregon. Then you not only did the waterfalls, but you also created some other wildlife images around those waterfalls all the way down to the, uh, the river edge. We did. Uh, we have a bear. We have uh, uh, raccoons coming. Yeah. Uh, we have eagles. Mm -hmm. Probably the most spectacular piece is actually the doors to the building. In fact, I, I believe that we've got the, right. the best doors in all of Oregon. Now, who was the artist for that? That was Pete Tedlow did all of our bronze work, and he okay. created this incredible uh, river uh, scene with bears uh, fishing on the, in the river. Mm -hmm. It's two, store, or two panels and plus side panels on it. It's over 1,500 pounds of bronze on that door. It's on the front door uh, going into this lodge-looking uh, restaurant. So what we wanted to create on that, uh, and then on the restaurant what we wanted, we wanted obviously good service and good food. 
but we also wanted it at a price that local people could afford to eat at because, again, that helps build that common experience. Positive isn't, it, experience. I, isn't it amazing you just said that? Because, you know, our economy is not what we should be basing our, our environmental health on. Right. You should be base, getting your, your foundation, environmental health, of what's, what's affordable for your citizens of your community to support. And if you can make this type of facility, which is uh, literally you have to come see it to, to believe how beautiful it is, but to do it in a way that is accessible again to young and old, to rich and poor, to new people, mm-hmm. uh, or to the people who lived here, that helps build the community stronger and makes the individuals within that community mm-hmm. uh, healthier and stronger too. And, mm-hmm. and I think in this particular case, what I take the most pride in is again, all of that came from local people, whether it was the plumber or the uh, art worker or the uh, the uh, concrete worker or or Bob as the artist. All of the local community uh, made this happen. Uh, uh, and now what we have is we don't have just a restaurant and a park. We have a community asset, an asset that isn't owned by the bank, mm-hmm. uh, that really is owned by the people in the community and has been accepted and, and uh, uh, put in that context so that when they have people who come to town, they take pride of ownership and bring them down to take a look at it, even if it's just a walk and look at the river. Now, in front of you, though, you have what's been very historic, the Jet Hellsgate excursion boats, that are, uh, you want to describe that to our world audience. And yeah, it, right uh, down on the river's edge, we have, it's been there a long, I don't know, I forget, at least 60 years. Yeah, it goes way back to the, to the, uh, the origins of, of the access to the river. R- Rogue River is one of the wild scenic rivers in, in America. And, but it's accessible by uh, various formats, whether it's a drift boat if you like fishing or whether it's jet boats if you want to come touring or whether you want to go kayak. By the way, audience, there's a lot of fishermen here coming here and, and going down the Rogan, uh, what they call rubber uh, torpedo-looking Orange torpedo boats. Boat. Yeah. We have the orange torpedo boats, and then we have the Morrison Lodge group. We have the Galise group right. uh, and all up and down. Um, I don't think We Ask You In does that, but there's a beautiful historic We Ask You In. And then now you have uh, the Jet Hellsgate group, which has been going on forever. These, how many people can get onto the, uh, those boats, Brady? Those Average. boats will vary from, uh, uh, they have various sizes, 20 to 80, but they'll go 80,000 people a year will, will uh, take that trip. And it is a, a wonderful way to be able to see the river. To share the nature with people from all over the world. Oh, yeah. And you, you see some of the uh, most beautiful pieces of the river. It's called the Hellgate Jet Excursion, and the reason for that is you go through Hellgate Canyon, which is this beautiful uh, canyon that's about uh, 15 miles from downtown. And the jet boats take you out on the river in a way that, that if, even if you're a young child that doesn't know how to swim, you can have access to it. And go out and to they, eat. They provide and go to a brunch. great uh, lunch. Yeah. yeah. And you see animals. Uh, what a way uh, to share, you know, I have this outlook, Brady, with the world and the planet, is I believe in people owning their, what, their, what they have and, and uh, their privacy. But the river, down on the river, that is absolutely the nature of sharing the world to the world. This, uh, what Robert Hamlin has been doing there and all those prior to him, uh, the Garcia group, uh, the uh, here came um, Gary Wolsey group, Yep. And then here came uh, Robert Hamlin sharing life on with nature, with people from all over the world to come and enjoy their families, family reunions, class reunions, just coming through town and going down and enjoying uh, this beautiful trip. In Southern Oregon audience, we have Shakespeare that's world known. We have the Brit Music Festival that br- bring, you can sit outside and 
on an embankment, bring your uh, sack, dinner, lunch, whatever. Uh, I mean, not lunch, but a, a little uh, something to eat. Um, I even hear they don't mind the wine sitting there with you and watch right. the famous people from all over the world come in and perform. Uh, they have uh, absolutely hiking along the river, uh, Forest Service maintained, uh, down into, looking down into rapids of absolutely beauty. The Oregon coast is only an hour and a half away, which is gray sand, different than some of you where you live all over the world, with big, huge rocks out in the ocean that are absolutely right on the shore. Um, but, Brady, when you built this new um, image to the valley and to Oregon and to bring the world uh, to think about nature, this is what I wanted today, is the nature of our lives is so important to our long longevity of our life and our healthy, healthiness. And you mentioned it earlier, to the mental side of us. Our minds are our only freedom we have all over the world is mentally how you want to think without telling anyone. You don't have to tell someone how you're thinking. But mentally you want you ha- to be able to have nature be part of your life. You know, and uh, let me I give you, if, if I could, a, a short example of that. We have another facility we call the Bear Hotel, which is yes, you do. Uh, a large uh, artist uh, workshop and also where we put some of these things on display. And every year we do what we call Winterfest out there, which is a wonderful thing to be involved with. This is one another those, community thing, uh, audience. Exactly. And one yeah. little small piece of that was a, uh, a bean bag toss where there's these penguins and, and you toss this bean bag of fish. And what the last year, uh, last year I was standing there watching. There was a three-year-old girl who couldn't toss the fish in the mouth, but she walked up and she put the fish, each one of the three fishes, in the mouth. And she was so pleased with what she'd done, she stood back and was watching. And behind her was a lady who was in her late seventies, and she took the fish and threw the fish, missed. Little girl picked the fish up, walked over to the lady, and, and said, she come put with it in. <laughs> yeah, she said, "Come, come with me, and let me I'll show you how, you how to do, do this. this." And she put it right in. Oh. There. That was a connection between somebody who is is three years old to somebody who's seventy years old, that makes each of them feel better about who they are and about where they live. Exactly. It's just just one example of, of the the great things that can happen in this community. That's what every community. Remember, way back in time when our communities were built. You mentioned it, where the businesses in the community are very philanthropic, like this one you're, you're ahead of. And p- people in the world, we've got to get back to that. Your business is where your jobs are, where people hire the jobs, and somebody took a moment to put some money towards something to build a business. All of a sudden, if you support that business in your community audience, I don't care if it's the lemonade stand, all of a sudden they can afford to pay, pay it forward, add something to the community because they're being successful. They're hiring people. The people that are hired in the community jobs are then wanting to, they're part of this wanting to pay it forward and pay it back to the community. And we've got to get back to that again, Brady. Uh, this, this, um, and, you know, our government is, uh, is hired by the people to run, uh, to p- provide our safety and to provide uh, conditions of regulations to protect us from uh, the problems and challenges of evil, I will say, and protect us from the world so that we all, each country, each one of us, has protection with our first responders all the way to our soldiers. But you, what you did, Brady, and I'm telling the world, if what I've been watching in this community, you brought a healthy environment to a community, again, like our forefathers had planned to do and did, you brought into the community something also called nature. And nature's where we all got to come back to, Brady. We're, we're living with the earth. It's not going to live with us. It's going to go on without us. And that's why I made the power of water for the name of the show 
the most important part of our lives every day is the water. And you, you did take that water, as I noticed, and you made it a very important feature to everything you did with your new your movement there. Uh, we only have a minute left before yeah. we go on to Dave Sidden now. Would you like to le- close with something to the world to hear? Yeah, what I would like to say is that you can make a difference and you can make your, 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 the place where you live a community, but it takes a lot of work and effort to do that. But it's certainly worthwhile to do it. I ask you to come visit Grants Pass because I think, uh, you know, I can use all the words in the world, but I can't really tell you what Grants Pass is about. You have to see and feel and, and understand that, that this truly is a community that cares about the people who live here, and, and uh, it's something that you ought to come take a look at. And I also want to say that Dave Sidden is a very important part of that because what he deals with are, are injured animals uh, and bringing those back to health to be released back in the wild. But that's just another example, again, of the type of things that are going on in, 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 in the nature our, of our valley, the nature right. of our valley, and around the world, too. Well, Brady, thank you for everything you've done. I'm very fortunate that I have a radio show to be able to tell the world this, but you are a very special person, uh, and all the people that are working with you, tell them that we really do appreciate it from all over the world what you're doing to make a better place to live. Well, again, you're very kind, and I appreciate it. Thank you. You have a nice day. Thanks. Bye. Bye. The show today with Brady Adams was to show you that what happens in our communities every day with the businesses you're building are so vital to their contributions. The businesses can contribute, and the people that are working to those businesses contribute to your communities everywhere. If they're successful, your community will be successful. If the business is successful, the environment and your health is successful, the schools will be successful. So remember, the healthy environment of your community is vital. Uh, we're going Dave, Dave, are you there? I think we're going to listen to our sponsor first. I wasn't sure if Dave was there yet. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears I Miss, and we'll come back with another very special person, and we'll tell you about his father, the founder of uh, Wildlife Images, about taking care of animals that need help. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears I Miss. Misting your eyes with all natural moisture without an eye drop. We'll listen to our sponsor, and we'll be right back. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. 
the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Brady? Oh, this is Dave. Oh, Dave, you're there. They, I am. They, okay, well, thank you. Um, I know we had a little technical problem there for a moment. So you came out of uh, where you were, and we've got you here now. Um, I want to thank you. We had Brady Adams on earlier, and we were talking about the valley and environmental health and what people have done in the community to add this environment. Your family moved here how long ago? Uh, in 1974, they moved here. And, and your father was uh, producing uh, wildlife films, right? He was indeed. Yeah, he was a writer and producer and director and cinematographer. He did just about everything involving wildlife films and education. It went all over the world. And then they moved here for a reason. Uh, he wanted to begin what's called wildlife images. Uh, and you're Dave Jr. Uh, he was senior. Uh, what was his idea for wildlife images rehabilitation? Well, it kind of happened as much by accident as by plan. Okay. He um, spent most of his life in downtown Burbank in, you know, San Fernando Valley in Los Angeles. And, uh, and you know, for the audience to know, downtown Burbank is not too far from uh, the famous uh, uh, Beverly Hills, and uh, it's where all the big movie companies are at uh, down in Southern California, a famous Burbank. Exactly, okay. where Jay Leno show was. Exactly. And all that sort of thing. Many movies have uh, been filmed. Yes, it, but it was rapidly degrading when he grew up there. You know, it was orange groves, and it was beautiful habitat for wildlife, but, you know, it just became such an urban jungle. At one point, he said, you know, I could write, direct, and produce from just about anywhere in the world. I don't know why I'm living here. Um, so he sort of stumbled upon this piece of property. It was 17 acres on the Rogue River in the scenic and wild section of this area in Grants Pass. Uh, bought the property site unseen, sold out. Los Angeles and moved up here and realized, boy, this has been the best move I've ever made in my life. <laughs> and in the process of coming across from California to um, Oregon, he had eagles and hawks and other animals. And to uh, move into another state or across state lines, you have to get permission from the federal government to bring these protected animals in. Uh-huh. Upon getting the permits, um, all, all of a sudden, the people here at Oregon Department of Fish and Wildlife and Federal Fish and Wildlife want to come check this guy out, this new <laughs> town, and has eagles and all these sort of things. Well, my dad was a very dynamic person, bigger than life, and the officials came out and met him and decided, gee whiz, next time we run into an injured animal, let's just take it to that guy. And what yeah. started off simply as, you know, maybe a couple of birds and maybe a small raccoon or something. Well, I think we can mention to the world to listen to this, uh, Dave, is what that means, audience, that Dave Sidden um, Sr. came to the Valley, and all of a sudden individuals from around the Valley, whether you be U.S. Forest Service or Sheriff Department or whatever, uh, the uh, Oregon Department of Transportation, whatever, if you ran into and wildlife that you know would die uh, or would be just injured or need some rehabilitation and be taken care of by somebody who would love them, they would call Dave Sutton Sr. and say, hey, Dave, we happen to know we have something. Would you take it? And Dave said, yeah, I'll come and get it. And he did, too. He went out to the world here in this valley and, and around Oregon, too, 
and picked up this wildlife and brought them back to, to this spot that he was building to take a better care of our nat- nature, of our animals, who couldn't take care of themselves. Exactly, and it was, you know, something he did because of his love for wildlife and appreciation for his surroundings. And basically, um, you know, there is no place that could take care of these animals. There was, right. you know, the federal government's mandated to do so, but they don't have a facility to do this. They don't have the personnel to take care of the animals or budget allocated for that. So these animals were just slipping through the cracks of society. And there was well, under- it's like an injured eagle or an injured um, raccoon or an injured uh, um, um, mountain uh, t- uh, lion. Uh, what do you call them? <laughs> yeah, mountain lions. Exactly. Yeah, mountain lions and and uh, the cougars and the wolves and the coyotes and and whatever. Um, these these animals are the nature of your ecosystem. And the other animals were predatorized on their weakness if we can't have a place for them to go and get rehabilitated and get back to life again, get back out to their nature again. So your father and yourself and your family took it a, decided, I'm not going to stand by and watch uh, the world uh, with the, these animals uh, become disrespected. They're part of nature. They're part of us. And you love them so much and there's got to be audience, a love here, a passion, an emotion, a mission, Dave, that you were called upon, your family, to do this. Now, what all do you have over there at Wildlife Images? Well, it's a huge variety. We have everything from hummingbirds to grizzly bears. Oh, hummingbirds? <laughs> we get in hummingbirds. And, you know, it's, uh, we do our darndest to get out into the community and let them know that, hey, if you have an injured animal or orphaned animal or whatever, uh-huh. please get involved. Yeah. <laughs> you guys have a van that runs around. <laughs> well, we, you know, it seems funny, but we actually do. Oh. <laughs> we have, well, we have... Dave, I, you know, you, I think you know the story, but the audience probably doesn't. Way back in time when your father first moved here, we had something going on in one of the schools for our children, and out of the clear blue sky, my, we had found a little um, hawk in our yard that was injured, and we had him in a box, and we thought, oh, my gosh, we were nurturing him. It couldn't fly, and it was really injured. So we had had it in a box, and we brought it in the house. We thought, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? We're going to be having to go to the school thing now. What are we going to do? We didn't have a cage. So you know what we did, Dave? We called your dad. And my husband said, hey, Dave, we're going to a school function, and would you come by and just walk in the house? We'll leave it unlocked. And you can, there's a box in this particular room, and if you would go, and we live on a cabin audience on the Rogue River, uh, I do. And anyway, I said, go, we said, go into the room, mingle through the house, you'll find this box, and here's this hawk. Well, Dave, he went into the house, he did, he'd never been in our house, he walked to the house, found the box, but no hawk. And he looked around the room, and Dave, the hawk, had flown on top of the curtain rod and was hanging upside down looking at oh. <laughs> So, audience, the Sidden family will do anything to save the, path, the life of these nature, absolutely. But I, what do you do for a little um, hummingbird? Well, you know, it's uh, really interesting because my father, as you remember, was a real big guy, you know, six foot four plus and, you know, real big. And, you know, to see him taking something as delicate as a hummingbird <laughs> and be able to put its wing back together with his big hand, Aww. you know, tape it up and set a break in a hummingbird wing Aww. and watch that little guy recover and go back out in the wild was just a, a magical thing to watch. And, Aww. you know, so I'm doing everything I can. So now you have over there, do you have uh, bears and... 
yeah, we have two grizzly bears and five North American black bears right now. Our collection is, you know, our dad had this um, I'll take anything attitude at the time. And when I uh, first took over Wildlife Images in 1996, we had 17 bears. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you've been around bears, they are an eating machine. Uh, it's, uh, boy, they can consume groceries like nobody's business. And they are also like kind of like having a pet backhoe. They can destroy anything. Yeah. And so fences and trees and everything else <laughs> went by the wayside. So I was doing everything I could to get things together to make them sturdy because, well, my father was battling with his cancer, of course. His, you know, I was off the ball a little bit with the, the compound. So, um it was showing its uh, signs of wear around the edges, so mm-hmm. my first thing was to fortify the thing and take uh-huh. good care of the animals. Uh-huh. And, of course, as some of these animals got older, attrition uh, took, took place, and we don't have as many bears now. And I haven't had the same we'll-take-everything policy just by, because we had to make sure things work. Well, you, but you also have to fund this. You have to, you, you have to raise the money every day to keep that open, Dave. That's the scary part. See, a lot of people have to realize, all over the world, I was just talking to Brady Adams, who's the founder of a business that helps this community. You're a community business that's helping your community, but you've got to raise money every day to keep that open to help your community. It's totally, and it's uh, really scary because our prices kept, you know, for everything that we consume or use out there, yes. keep going up and exponentially. Yes. And, you know, at, at some point, you have to start saying, golly, how am I going to make this thing work? So Yeah, we have it costs kind of... money, and it's going to be more Absolutely. all the time. Now, so, we only have one more minute left, and I'm sorry we lost some time earlier, but tell our audience worldwide what you think these kind of uh, rehabilitation centers are so important to the community. Well, I think our biggest function is that we connect people to wildlife. And mm-hmm. if you can get people to be passionate about wildlife, care and connect with wildlife, they're going to be better stewards of the environment, and there'll probably be less need for wildlife rehabilitation down the road. Oh. You know, it's the the critical link. And, you know, this community was raised on the logging as a mainstay, and now it's changed to tourism. And through that change, the community is uh, starting to embrace wildlife more and more, and we're really glad to see it. So we, we It's our ecosystem. That's our lives. That. That's our lives. That's our ecosystem. It's our planet. We have to value that and people like you, Dave. Um, we wish you the best, and uh, audience, go to, you can go to Wildlife Images. What is your website address? Wildlifeimages.org. Okay. Well, you, and you have people from all over the world come to see you there. I know that. We do. We have uh, interns actually come over from Japan. We have oh. people from all over the planet that come to see us, and hopefully we'll get supporters from all over the world as well. Okay. Well, you have a nice day, and thank you for joining us. Thank you for including us. Thank you. Bye. Well, Earth does have a secret, and I think the show today told you. And there's another song out there that you need to listen to some of these songs that are something. Some of these songs are really nice songs. One says you can move mountains and get to the other side. Earth has a secret. Embrace your life every precious moment. Earth is whispering. Never say goodbye. You can pay it forward. You can help reach success to wherever you're at. Because you can leave your footprint. I know you can. I want to thank you for listening. And you have a nice day.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.